And it's good morning to you once again. If you're just joining us today, this is gospelbearsradio.com. The day, yes, it's Wednesday, the 25th of October, 2023. The program is on the Lord's side, Christian perspectives on news and current events. My name is Olufemi Ogutoku. You can follow me on Twitter at Olufemi OG. You can follow Gospel Burst Radio on Twitter at Gospel Burst Radio. Well, let's begin with this story, the story relating to the Israel-Hamas war. The, the war is now in its third week. Can you imagine that it's the third week? And perhaps we may pause for a bit here just to reflect on the reality that, well, when war breaks out, yes, it is always possible. Indeed, it goes without saying that you would know the date of the outbreak of war but you never know when it's going to end. And that is the wisdom that has been encapsulated in Yoruba proverb over the ages that you just do not call for war. You just do not say, well, let's let's settle this by going to war because when war breaks out, no one can tell when hostilities will cease. And that's what is happening right now. I mean, even before our very eyes in contemporary times, we know about the Ukraine war, uh, the Russian-Ukraine war, and when it broke out, many people supposed that it would last for perhaps days and that Russia would quickly cow the, the Ukrainians. But now it has lingered on for weeks and months and months. Now this israel Hamas war is entering its third week. At least 6,400 people have been killed in the war on both sides, including at least 1,400 Israeli civilians and soldiers and 33 americans think about that at least 33 americans killed in the israel hamas war and you can understand the outrage coming from the administration in in, in the u.s the biden administration in the u.s because now 33 americans have been caught up in that in that conflict and now nobody is, is keeping count of other foreign nationals who uh, may have been caught in that conflict uh, for example, nobody is keeping count if any Nigerian has died, for example, perhaps because we do not have uh, the means to monitor uh, such things, which is a shame. And I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, in the UK, if uh, we were to consult uh, the UK authorities or some UK media platforms, uh, there'll be a count going on of uh, how many citizens of the UK have been caught up in the conflict there. We do not know how many Nigerian citizens have been caught up in the conflict, but now we are reading this from Fox News telling us that 33 Americans have been killed in the conflict, 1,400 Israeli civilians. And when we hear figures like that, we should really sober up. Well, we are talking about those who are not uh, members of the military, those who are not uh, terrorists, but ordinary civilians, 1,400 Israeli civilians, but overall, 6,400 people. 6,400 people. I mean, think about that. You count 1 to 10. You count to 100. You count to 1,000. To 2,000. To 3,000. To 4,000. To five To 6,000. 6,400 people have been killed. There is nothing good about war. Nothing whatsoever good about war and we recall what the bible tells us what the bible teaches what the bible promises that the time will come when men will study war no more if you have been paying attention to this conflict and you have been following details of the war details of the weapons being deployed on both sides details of how the united states is now trying to 
uh, to restock its armory. I mean, recall that the United States over the uh, over the past months uh, has been sending ammunition to Ukraine. Uh, obviously, the United States has taken sides in the Russia-Ukraine war, taking sides with Ukraine against Russia, now taking sides with Israel against Hamas. I, mean, I do not know where you stand on that. Obviously, I support the United States taking sides with Israel against Hamas uh, in, the, in the fight with Russia. The argument is neither here nor there. But, but clearly, it has taken sides and it has been sending ammunition to Ukraine. Now, last week, on Friday, President Biden of the United States addressed the country and stated that he would soon go to Congress and ask for authority to spend about $100 billion uh, principally on the Ukraine war, the israel Hamas war, and also uh, in defending Taiwan against aggression, against the contemplated aggression by by, by China. Uh, the bulk of the money going to the Ukraine war will go to restocking the armory of the United States. So uh, the people who are going to win right now will be those in the defense industry. That's another consideration entirely. Some people say, you know, that, but they call them conspiracy theories. They say that, look, it is the defense industry the global defense industry that is always interested in the outbreak of conflict because if conflicts don't break out uh, then the defense industry the defense contractors would not have the opportunity you know to make to manufacture uh, more ammunition and to sell them to the government of the world but the, the argument is neither here nor there uh, the reality is that we live in a falling world and in a falling world we cannot do without conflicts and if there are conflicts wars must be fought if wars must be fought instruments of war must be made if instruments of war must be made money must be must be spent to make these instruments of war and the more money is spent to make instruments of war the more nations jostle against one another uh, to outdo one another uh, in the war front uh, the more sophisticated instruments of war will become and of course that that would, that would mean less money to be spent on on things that matter, less money to be spent on health, less money to be spent on on social infrastructure, less money to be spent on agriculture, for example, less money to be spent on social programs to cater uh, for the the old, the infirmed, and other people who deserve special attention in in the in the respective respective countries of the world. But now let's look at the speech given yesterday by the. By the Secretary of State of the United States, Mr. Blinken, who went to the United Nations Security Council and essentially asked that rhetorical question. He was asking the council, he said, where is the outrage? Where is the outrage? And that's what really caught my attention, that uh, Mr. Anthony Blinken went to the United Nations Security Council and asked, where is the outrage? And that's the question you should be asking. And I'm asking that question, rather, I'm re-echoing that question in light of the uh, the many demonstrations that have taken place in support of of Hamas all over the world. If you have seen footages of those demonstrations, you must have been you must have been surprised yourself. I assume you must have been surprised yourself to see that there is groundswell support for Hamas in many parts of the world. In many parts of the world, we know that there is support for Hamas in this part of the world as well, in Nigeria, uh, because we have a sizable uh, Muslim population, and many people are viewing this matter as simply from, from, from religious lens, which is well understandable and may even be, be valid to a large extent, because for many Christians who 
who think that they ought to support Israel in this matter, and they do so primarily because they have a Christian worldview to things. And if you have a Christian worldview to affairs, as you should have, it, it will be difficult for you to take a side other than the side of Israel. Because from a Christian worldview, uh, then you affirm the Bible, you affirm everything that the Bible says, you affirm when the Lord said to, to his people that I'm going to give you this land, it will be yours and your children's forever and ever. And then you will affirm, you will say that where the Lord, the heart is the Lord and all that therein is, he gave it to his people. You affirm the historicity of the Bible, that he gave it to his people, and it must be theirs, and that they have the right to be there. So from that Christian point of view, from that biblical uh, worldview, you do not entertain arguments that, well, the Jewish people are occupying land that once belonged to the Canaanite or the or, or the people of uh, the, the the Palestinians. You do not entertain that thought because you say, well, the Lord has given to them, and it must be theirs, Right? And you won't be wrong because, yes, if you have a purely biblical worldview to affairs, that is the only stance that you can take. Of course, that must be moderated by the reality that the Lord Himself requires that our people be treated fairly, that we should eschew violence unless it is necessary. And that is why, in this case, I find it outrageous that many people are simply condemning the reaction from Israel without in the same in the same vein and with the same resolve condemning what led to the most recent outbreak. I know that there are historic uh, there are historical considerations to these things that the conflict uh, did not just start uh, did, did not just start three weeks ago that it started a long long time depending on where you want to start reckoning from I was at a meeting on Saturday and a brother of mine was saying that when when this was said well it depends on where you want to start to, 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 where, where you want to it, it depends on at what point in history you want to start your reckoning from and, and that's so true that that's to tell you how complicated the matter is but what is what we know? What is factual is that the most recent outbreak started about three weeks ago when terrorists under the banner of Hamas entered into Israeli territory, or in any case, even if they dispute that they are not Israeli territory, they entered into the homes of civilians of ordinary Israelis and killed and raped and took hostages. And of course, it is the inherent right of every sovereign nation to defend itself. And that is what Israel has been doing. Many people have been calling for Israel to moderate its response. Uh, Israel has been arguing that, well, the only way to uh, to ensure that such horrors do not happen again is to make a point and to, to as much as possible, uh, try to read uh, the Gaza area of those terrorists, those terrorists the, under the banner of of Hamas. Anyway, the Mr. Anthony Blinken was at the United Nations Security Council there and was asking the question, "Where is the where is the outrage?" And, and we should be asking that question as well. If the world is not showing outrage at the horrors that Hamas meted out on ordinary civilians three weeks ago, then there is something wrong with our moral compass in the world. Or maybe there is nothing wrong. Maybe it's just yes, there is something wrong, and maybe we should not be surprised. Maybe it's just it's just the old, 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 uh, old feelings of 
anti-Jewish sentiment all over the world. But I, I will go a step further and I will say that uh, where you see Groundswell support for Hamas against Israel, where you see this refusal to recognize the right of Israel to defend itself, where you see uh, people always taking sides with with Hamas and say, well, Israel ought not to be there in the first place because historically speaking, uh, the land was occupied by the Canaanite and all that. It, it tells you how far from the biblical worldview the world has gone. It tells you how far from a biblical worldview uh, many European cities and European capitals have moved. And that should tell us uh, something really about the trajectory of the culture. I think we are called very clearly to be people who affirm the Bible in its entirety. Do not be lured into supposing that don't be led into uh, into the thinking that yes, there are some parts of the Bible that you can no longer affirm because well, it, it it doesn't seem fair to you, it doesn't seem acceptable to you. And you see, once you get to that portion, then you are you are treading on dangerous territory. There is no way that you will affirm a portion of the Bible and not affirm the other portions of the Bible. And I always say this: I always say to those who listen that you see uh, the. The start point for anybody who would acknowledge the Lordship of God is Psalm 100 verse 3. For the Lord is God. It is he who has made us and all we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and all that therein. The earth is the Lord's and all that therein is. So if the Lord says, well, this place, I'm giving it to Mr. A today. It is his right to do so. He has absolute unquestionable authority to do so. If you deny that, if you think it's unfair what he has done, then uh, I must say that you are you're exceeding your boundaries. You're exceeding your boundaries indeed. Because as Paul asked rhetorically, what would the clay say to the potter? What would the clay say to the potter? But I mean, from time immemorial, uh, man has always asked those questions. Man has always supposed himself much more uh, than, than a clay. I remember one argument I got into on Twitter at a point, not an argument, but a discussion. But you know, sometimes when you engage with people who are not on the Lord's side, they tend to be very hostile in their responses. So, there was this lady that I got to know as a writer on Nollywood. She writes many stories on Nollywood. So, I tried to make, but, but I just got to know that she is an atheist. So, I tried to make friends with her on Twitter. From time to time, I would respond to her tweet uh, with biblical references. And try to draw into some light-hearted argument uh, in the hope of of trying to reach out with the gospel of Christ. So on this particular day, she said something, and then I responded uh, with someone that verse three that the Lord is God. It is He who has made us. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And she responded with hostility. She said, "No, I'm not a sheep. You may be a sheep, but I'm not. I'm not a sheep." And he said, "In the ultimate term, that is what separates us from those." who are not on the Lord's side, especially those who are atheists, would say, because you regard yourself as a sheep of his pasture that he made you, that you are the clay, is the potter, but that in all, in all his loving kindness, he has also redeemed you and made you his son and daughter. It is only on that basis that he can accept him for all he has done, that he can submit to all he has done and all he does and look to him alone uh, for future, for how he's going to 
uh, a portion things in Psalm 16. The psalmist said, Oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot, meaning that you are the portion of my inheritance. It is only you that I have. It is what you give to me that I have. And what you don't give to me, I don't tell, Oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. And you see, the person whose lot is maintained by the Lord, I can be sure that he or she has a good inheritance. Having said all that, having said all that, uh, it is important, of course, that uh, Israel should not just go out of its way to uh, to kill civilians without having thought uh, to those who have been who have been hounded. Yeah, and it is important that peace should return as soon as possible. It is never the will of God that there should be violence. Yes, in the fallen world, uh, nations must necessarily respond to hostilities, uh, yet uh, this must be moderated. And we do pray that all the decision makers all over the world in Israel will become the captives of God's will. And of course, that God's will will be done in this matter as well as all over the world. And talking about the ongoing conflict, I also came across this uh, this this article uh, talking about zit I do not know whether you know what zit is, but it says, and I'm taking this from the Times of Israel. It said, with zit in high demand for IDF soldiers, volunteers take on the challenge. You will recall, for those who are regular listeners to this program, that we once engaged with a news report of how uh, Israeli young men and women were flying back to Israel from all over the world, from Canada, from United States, from from many many cities in Europe, flying back to the uh, flying back to Israel to join the army, to join the Israeli Defense Forces, to sign up. Many of them are on the reserve list, voluntarily leaving their comfortable abodes in different parts of the world and flying back to Israel, and we. We drew parallel from that on how we should always be zealous for the Lord. I mean, it's something to learn from the Israelis, how, how, how zealous they are from the, for, for their homeland. Some would say that that it should be understood in light of the historic horrors that, uh, that, Jews, that Jews have experienced in the world, the historic persecution that Jews have experienced in the world. And you can understand how immediately they... Yeah, many of these people, how immediately many of these people uh, left the comfort of their homes and flew back to Israel to sign up, to sign up for the war. It is in the same light that we are now reading that Zezet, it's a clothing material, I'm going to tell you about Zezet and its biblical roots. It is a Hebrew word that refers to a specially knotted tassels worn by Jewish men in accordance with the commandment found in the Hebrew Bible. Uh, the primary references to Zizit are found in the Torah, especially in the book of Numbers and the book of Deuteronomy. If you look at Numbers 15 from 37 to 41, uh, you will see some commandment there regarding Zizit. It's a, it's a specially knotted and fringed uh, clothing materials. In Deuteronomy 22, 12 as well, you will find references uh, to, to Zizit. So you find that both uh, secular and religious Jews always consider it right to wear the zizit, and especially because it shows like their uh, their relationship to God, and they always wear it. Now, I'm not I'm not about to uh, to lord zizit as something that should be worn, as something that will make you uh, connected to God. But I'm just trying to draw uh, draw lessons from what we read here that as many more people are joining the Israeli Defense Forces, as this clothing material called Zizit uh, 
has become in high demand, so much so that it is difficult for uh, those who produce them to meet up with the production that volunteers are now taking on the challenge. Volunteers are now taking on uh, the challenge. In this report, it says, in the week since October 7, when 2,500 Hamas terrorists crossed into Israel, killing 1,400 mostly civilians on a murderous rampage, the IDF, that's the, the official name for the Israeli army, has called up 360,000 reservists, an unprecedented number not seen since the uh, Yom Kippur War in 1973. As a result of this mass mobilization, many reservists found themselves without the necessary equipment, both tactical and spiritual. One of the spiritual equipment would be the Zitzit. And now what we read here is that many people, old people, young people, women, young people are now trooping in into the areas where they make this Zitzit. What's the point we're trying to make? Again, I repeat, I'm not saying to any New Testament Christian uh, that there is any clothing material that you can wear that will give you the assurance of connection to God. I'm just saying that for a people who have some reverence for this clothing material, the the fact that you have Israeli citizens volunteering to make them uh, because there is now the need to make more, more of them, the fact that you have Israeli citizens volunteering to make them should... Give us pause, uh, call, give us cause to pause and reflect on the importance of of, of being zealous uh, for the things of God. And of course, what we do on this program, among others, is, is just to draw spiritual parallels from some of the stories we engage with. So when I say uh, that people are so passionate about things, I, I ask myself, what are Christians uh, passionate about? What are the things that we would immediately volunteer for, not minding the cost? Uh, what are the things that we are going to volunteer for and say, look, uh, this is the Lord's work. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to volunteer for this. And you see, if we can get our, our spiritual leanings to that level, if we can get our spiritual convictions to that level, that we will say, like our Lord did say, the zeal for your house has consumed me. The zeal for your house has consumed me. And that's exactly what the Lord uh, wants from us. The fact that's what the Lord deserves, given what he has done for us. Uh, he took us uh, from when we were nothing and made us his children. And, and he, of course, it is the blood of his son that makes us uh, righteous. It is the blood of his son that makes us righteous and acceptable before him. So much so, so much so that we all should be able to say, like those of all, the zeal for your house indeed has consumed me. And next, we want to go to this story, the story of this doctor, Olufemi Olaleye. I mean, it's a shame that this doctor bears the same first name as myself. But yesterday, news broke that this doctor, uh, who should not be called a doctor really, uh, has now been sentenced to life imprisonment. I do not know whether you recall uh, the story of this doctor, uh, Olufemi Olaleye. There is uh, a video now I'm looking at on on a blog that shows him uh, coming out of, of a courtroom 
uh, wearing white, interestingly wearing white, but for a man who has been accused and now convicted of such a sad and despicable acts, uh, for him to be wearing white is really, really, really telling. Uh, this this report says Dr. Lufemi Olaleye seen being escorted out of court after he was sentenced to life imprisonment for raping wife's knees. For raping wife wife's knees and And you find many people here uh, saying, oh, good for him, good for him. If you have been following the story of this man, uh, you must have known uh, the horrors for which he has been, he has been, he has been accused. Uh, his wife himself, uh, sorry, his wife herself uh, started all this when she went public with the accusation that this doctor, Olfemele, was having sexual intercourse with his nephew, Right? No, was, was having sexual intercourse with the wife's teenage niece. And she actually leaked some of the recordings on his phone. And beyond that, it was not only uh, raping the wife's teenage niece, it was also having sexual uh, relationship, of course, non consensual sexual relationship with some of his patients. Some of his patients. This this is a man who practiced as a gynecologist in Lagos and was having sexual relationship, sex, non consensual sexual relationship with his patients. Some some have alleged that he would drug them and then he would have uh, non consensual sexual. Uh, actions with them and 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 of course that is despicable nothing else to describe that except despicable now that he has been sentenced to life imprisonment uh we know uh, as legal practitioners that he would most likely appeal that sentence or appeal the conviction itself and time will tell uh, what the outcome of that will be uh, but it is it is it is it gladdens the heart that uh, this matter has been seen to a logical conclusion and that now this man is now called to face the consequences of his actions as people would think exclusively from christian perspectives i mean you have to ask yourself uh, when this man was engaging in all these despicable acts raping the wife's teenage teenage niece for which he has been convicted and the other accusations about him having non-consensual uh, sexual touch and and um, actions with with patients you must be asking yourself well uh, what was he thinking was he so so pressed by sexual urges that he could not control himself and that should call to our mind uh, what is one of the the signs of the fruit of the spirit self-control self-control and i suppose that if this conviction holds but even now even if it doesn't hold given the shame and disgrace that he has passed through in his in his lonely moment he must be saying to, to himself why did i not control myself why did not why did i not exercise self-control uh why was i just so uh so so fixated on on sexual pleasure and that is what sin does and we must be reminded of that that sin brings disgrace it brings disgrace to those who will not exercise self-control indeed uh, the lord warned you know in that story of Canaan, he says sin is crouching at your door it seeks to master you but you must overcome it you must fight back you must overcome it you must fight back the bible warns us uh, copiously about the disgrace 
that sin brings. Proverbs 13, 5, the righteous hate what is false, but the wicked make themselves a stench and bring shame on themselves. That's the only thing I can say for this Dr. Lale that he has brought shame on himself and it should be a caution to all of us who name the name of God that we are called to depart from iniquity because sin brings shame on sinners. Sin will be punished by God, but even in this world, we must never forget that sin brings shame and disgrace to to sinners. Again, we must commend the criminal justice system in Lagos State uh, for bringing this to a conclusion. Indeed, uh, this is commendable. Just the same way that we commended the criminal justice system in Lagos State for uh, for concluding the prosecution of that policeman who shot that uh, that lady lawyer last December. And these are the things we want to see. These are the things we want to see. And we hope that we are going to see more of that in our society by the grace of God. And next, I want to go to this story. I came across this clip yesterday and I was shocked, really, by a Nigerian singer, a Nigerian so-called celebrity, who was out there and justifying why she is lesbian. And I wanted to listen to this, why she's lesbian. And, and you say, uh, when you listen to it, uh, we have to really think through what she said and understand, and understand very clearly uh, what is happening with the secular culture. Uh, the secular culture is always trying to avoid what is called the biological consequences of, of of sex, the biological consequences of sex. And for those who have taken time to carefully reflect on this matter, you will find that the old bit about uh, the sexual revolution is that people have found that there are biological consequences to engaging in sex outside of marriage. So you find a secular world wanting to do a particular thing, but discovering that, well, the way that the Lord has made the world is such that there are biological consequences. And what are we talking about? We're talking about one, you're talking about a pregnancy that is not planned for. It is the reality that, well, if you have indiscriminate sexual relations, you probably get pregnant at a time that you did not plan for it. On the one hand, there's also the risk of contracting diseases. So you find the secular world trying to negate all this and say, look, how can we find a way around these things? Well, in for, for avoiding diseases, there are things that could be done. Uh, there are protections that could be used just to avoid contracting diseases while engaging in, in sexual actions. And then for avoiding pregnancies as well, there are, there are means to do it. But now we are reading uh, that beyond just uh, avoiding, beyond taking precautions like putting on, uh, using condoms, for example, that there are young people who also believe uh, that there's another way to avoid a biological consequence of sex, that is a pregnancy. And I wanted to listen to this, and it should really alarm you. It should also really make you very sad for the state of mind of this lady. Uh, let, let, let's see if we can play this. Okay. 
Okay. Just, just hold on. I'm, go- I'm going to try and play it. Now, this is the voice I'm going to listen to. This is the voice of a singer called Temi. T-E-M-M-I. I did not know her until I came across this clip. But and, and she says some things that are quite quite, quite graphic. So just pardon the uh, pardon the language. But let let's focus on the on the message itself. Okay. Try to play it now. By November. And I've never had a pregnancy scare. And men will come to me to tell me I need to try. Do you know what it means to go for 27 years of your life and not be afraid that you'll catch a gay belly because of lesbianism? So you want me to start at my big age to be calculating period? Ayeyi mata. Ayeyi mata. Just thinking about it, I'm going to be 27. Okay, I, I'm going to try and play it again, but let, let me just explain what is happening. In this video, you see this this lady is said to be a singer in Nigeria. She she has a cigarette in her hand, and she's saying that she'll soon turn 27, I think, next month. I say that, you know, the good thing about her is that she's going to be turning 27, but she has never had a pregnancy scare. And that some people are now telling her that she should have, she'll be thinking of a relationship with, with men. But she said, look, do you know the reason why I've never had this, a pregnancy scare? She said it's because she has been a lesbian. So she's having the best of both worlds. That's what she's trying to say. Listen, listen again. I'm just thinking about to be 27. 27 by November. And I've never had a pregnancy scare. And men will come to me to tell me I need to try. Do you know what it means to go for 27 years of your life and not be afraid that you'll catch a gay belly? of lesbianism so you want me to start at my big age to be calculating period so so you find unfortunately there that the worldview behind that is the same worldview that says we want to do that very thing which god says do not do but avoid the consequences and in this lady's own worldview in his own worldview the way to avoid the consequence of a biological consequence of sex which is pregnancy the way to avoid a biological consequence of sex is to to be a lesbian and she's justifying it on that basis you see people will always find justifications for the things they want to do ungodly people will always find justifications for the things they want to do but to suppose that uh, there are people out there who are justifying homosexual relationships on the basis that hey it's going to help you avoid uh that biological consequence of sin is is horror it's horrific rather it's horrific and it tells you how indeed satan as our lord said is is a liar and the father of lies so that's the lie that satan has sold to these people satan has sold the lie to them saying that look you can avoid the biological consequence of sex by you know, being a homosexual by getting homosexual relationships, and then some some who have been deceived by Satan will say, "Wow, that's fantastic! Oh, that's a way to avoid it." And then this lady is saying that that's the reason why she's uh, she's a lesbian, that she's homosexual because a it helps her to avoid the biological consequence of of the sex that she should not be having, being an unmarried lady. I wish to repeat it that when when Moses was giving his final sermons to the people of Israel and he was exhorting them to hold on 
and to be faithful to the laws given by God. He said, it is for your own good, for your own good. So you see what Satan is doing to the young people of the world, telling them, look, I do want to do what God has asked you not to do and not have the and not experience the consequences. Oh, then do this, then do this, become homosexual. And you say, uh, you never, I mean, you, you had that lady there in that clip saying she has never had to, uh, to calculate her period or to be, to become, to have a pregnancy scare. And in her own mind, in her own estimation, she has been doing fantastically well. That's what she's saying that, well, I see I'm living the perfect life. I'm enjoying uh, sexual relationships without ever being concerned about, about getting pregnant. And you see, what Satan does is Satan offers you something that appears beautiful, the, that apple, that apple in the garden in Genesis 3, and then takes away from you uh, something uh, that is worth the whole world. What did, what, what did Satan do in the garden? He gave that apple and said, you just have a taste of this thing. Yeah, God has said don't do it, but you just have a taste. But what did Satan take away from Adam and Eve, from, from, the, uh, from the old human race? You know, life eternal, life eternal. Somebody has said that before that time, Adam and Eve did not know what it means to die. They never knew the meaning of death until they sinned. And the Lord had to kill a, a sheep in order to make skin, in order to make a dress out of skin for them. At that time, a preacher, I was listening to a preacher who said, Adam and Eve must have been shocked to see the reality of death. That, wow, this is what death means? And that's exactly what happens when Satan says, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you a way out of the consequences of doing what you should not do. But in exchange for that, what is Satan taking away in exchange? That is what I think our message should be to the young people of the world who have been led, who have been led astray by these uh, by these lies, by these lies of the devil. Well, yeah, okay, maybe you avoided the consequences of biological or uh, the biological consequences of engaging in uh, sex outside of marriage but what has Satan taken away from you in exchange what are you taking away from you in exchange are you not taking away your relationship with God are you not taking away the assurance of eternity from God when he has persuaded you to continue to engage in to, to continue to revel in open rebellion against God are you not taking away from you what is even much more than the passing pleasure of sin. Well, we have our work cut out for us as those who are on the Lord's side, our work to continue evangelism. And as parents, we have our work cut out for us to continue to engage our children with the mind of Christ. And I do pray that the Lord will give us grace and that all our children uh, will not be led astray, will not be persuaded by these lies, these lies concocted by him who is not only a liar, or the father of it. Thank you very much for staying with us this morning on Gospel Best Radio for On the Lord's Side, Christian Perspectives on News and Current Events. I hope to be with you again tomorrow by the grace of God. Whatever you do, please remain firmly on the Lord's Side. God bless you. You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.
Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.